Good morning, Colorado. You're listening to the Daily Sun Up with the Colorado Sun. It's Monday, January 1st. For the holiday week, we are replaying some of our top episodes from 2023. Today, we bring back the discussion about the high country snowpack's biggest threats, out-of-state dust. Sun reporter Tracy Ross talks about her field trip to the mountain above Silverton to check it out. Before we begin, join the Colorado Sun as it brings the series High Cost of Colorado to the virtual stage. Discussions will include conversation around the high cost of housing, food, personal entertainment, the strain on Coloradans' budgets, and what's bothering our readers. Join for free on January 16th and RSVP today at coloradosun.com events. Now, let's go back in time with some Colorado history. Today, we're going back to January 1st, 2014, when Colorado started the year on a high note. It became the first U.S. state to legalize the growth, sale, and consumption of recreational marijuana. Sales began at 8 a.m. that morning, and activists who had campaigned for the marijuana legalization measure arranged a ceremonial first purchase at the Denver store 3D Cannabis Center. Before we continue, a quick thank you to our members who make it possible for the Colorado Sun to bring you your news about our beautiful, complex state. If you aren't yet a member, consider joining now to support local journalism and gain access to member newsletters. Start your membership today at coloradosun.com join. Now our future story. Good day, everyone, and thanks for listening to today's Colorado Sun Daily Podcast. I am David Krause, one of the team editors here at The Sun, and I am thrilled today to be joined by Colorado Sun reporter Tracy Ross. Hey there, Tracy. Hey, David. How's it going? Going great, thanks. Hey, uh, Mondays are usually the day we chat about outdoors and the whole outdoor scene. Our uh, main outdoors guy, Jason Blevins, we decided to give him a week off for some reason and let him get back out on the Dolores River that he's been writing about. So Tracy jumped in uh, for another Monday edition. So we thought, hey, let's talk about this story Tracy's working on. It'll be published sometime, what, probably this week about this crazy layer of dust that blankets the high country snowpack. Almost happens every year. Um, you and and Hugh Carey, our photographer, did a field trip a couple of weeks ago out to Silverton. Tracy, kind of walk us through what made you want to pursue this story about this dust layer that covers the snowpack each year. So one of the things that drew me to it was that I had no idea that this ongoing project by this guy named Jeff Derry, who is the executive director and lead scientist at the Center for Snow and Avalanche Studies in Silverton, had been studying dust on snow for years. And I love it because I've lived in Colorado for 20 years, and I love it when something kind of as obvious of the, as this program exists. And I'm a backcountry skier, so I go into the backcountry, I see dust on snow, I see snow all the time. And I had I like it when I have no idea about these things because it's a mystery that I then get to go learn everything about and kind of uncover for the rest of the state and for our readers. So, Tracy, you and Hugh went on the field trip. You've been doing a lot of reporting since. And can you kind of give us an idea where this dust is coming from and kind of how often this uh, phenomenon happens? Yeah, Hugh and I went to Silverton. We hung out with Jeff in his cool little office there on Main Street. And then we went into the backcountry with him into the San Juans and just did a little tiny tour just to see his study site and to kind of 
look at one of these layers of dust in the middle of the snowpack, and it looks like when he cuts out one of the blocks for his study plot, it looks like you're you're looking at like a very intricate, thin layered wedding cake with a ton of layers. And most of the layers are white because it's snow. But then in the middle of this, in the one we were looking at specifically, there's this very thin layer of very dark matter, which is the dust. And the dust comes from northern New Mexico and northern Arizona, where it's very arid. And the, the, the dirt there is super, super fine. So it's very easy for the wind to pick up this dirt and then carry it to Colorado until it stops at a mountain range and in the form of a snow of a storm comes out of the the clouds or the wind actually pushes it and then it settles on the snow and it becomes a problem. So it came from it comes from generally those two spots. So northern Amer- northern New Mexico and northern Arizona. And I actually talked to a soil scientist named Jane Belknap, who is this amazing woman who studied soil for for years and years and years for one of the government agencies. I'm forgetting which one now. And she she had some really, really interesting things to say about this dirt and the causes of it and the fact that it's never really going to go away now. We have it and it's always going to keep coming and affecting our snowpack, which in turn affects our water flows. So let's talk about that, right? Uh, the water flows and kind of what are they looking for and why is it important that we have these dust studies? Because you kind of think, oh, well, here comes some dust. It's just going to settle in. And then it's as it, you know, the snow melts, it's just going to suck into the earth here and, and no big deal. But, you know, over the last 20 years, like you mentioned, he's been looking at, into this. What is he looking for and kind of why is it important for this research to continue? I'm not a scientist at all, and I understand all of this stuff at a very basic level, which I actually think is good for readers because most people out there are not scientists. And so if these things can be explained in the very basic lay terms that people can understand, I feel like that's a service that we can provide to our readers. But essentially what happens is the snow or the dust lands on the snow like we've established. And then because it's dark, it absorbs sunlight, it absorbs heat, and it starts to melt the snow. And there's this thing that um, Jeff Derry studies called albedo, which is the reflective quality of the light bouncing off of the snow. So if you have white snow, I believe the albedo is high, which means that there's a lot of reflectivity. So the rays and heat are it's bouncing off the surface of the snow and going back into the atmosphere. If you have a dark layer, it's absorbing that light and it's heating up that layer, like I said, which is melting. And then it just messes with the amount of time that it takes for the snow to melt and for the water to kind of come out of the snow into the ground and turn into runoff. And the reason that it's a problem is because people like Susan Bahari who is a water person with the Bureau of Reclamation in Durango, who I also have interviewed quite a few times. She manages, for instance, the Navajo Reservoir. And she has to know very specifically what time peak flows are going to happen on rivers like the San Juan, 
which comes out of the San Juan Mountains, which is where one of Jeff's main study sites is. And so, first of all, it creates this interesting thing for water managers because if this flow, the peak flows happen too early, it messes with things like releases that they have to make for endangered species like fish. And fish, you know, have a very specific timeline for when they do things like swim up to a certain spot and spawn. And they have to have a certain amount of water in the river to be able to do that. So if this dust is causing the snow to melt faster and the runoffs to happen earlier, that's one of the major things that it's impacting is endangered species and their ability to do their natural processes based on certain water levels. And you talked about, and you you had a preview in the Outsider newsletter uh, last week uh, to the story, but I thought one of the interesting stats you had in there was that this dust on snow could lessen the Colorado River, which we're all watching, you know, as things progress and and, you know, we've written plenty about, you know, the issues in the Colorado River Basin, but that this snow on dust could lessen the flows by 5% a year, which is, as you say, a billion cubic meters, which that seems like a lot, you know, but just thinking about the percentage, right? 5% of the flow is is really, really something intriguing, I think. Can you talk to me, Tracy, and and the listeners about where do they think the science goes from here? You know, you mentioned flows and all that, but do they foresee more people getting involved in these snow studies? It feels like it was kind of a, a niche thing previously, but with everybody keeping such a watchful eye now on water issues, do you see their, these snow studies gaining a more, little more momentum or where do you really see this dust on snow study go from? I've just really started looking into that and trying to contact different people like at the Colorado River Basin Roundtable people and all the various agencies in Colorado that focus on Colorado River water, of which there are like so many, it's kind of mind blowing. But I do know for a fact that more of those types of people and those agencies are using Jeff's data to better understand the flows in the Colorado. So I definitely think that as he continues his work, I mean, he's the expert on this thing. He has study plots all over Colorado. It's not just in the San Juans where I went. I think he has 11 total study sites and they're on like Berthoud Pass, I think McClure Pass. You know, they're all over the place where these basins, these river basins kind of start. And so I know that more people are reaching out to him wanting his information just to add to the big picture of what's happening with water in Colorado, because obviously it's our, you know, most pressing and important issue that we face in our state. So yeah, I think his work is just going to keep becoming more and more relevant, more and more important. And it's awesome because he's like one of those people that that is so dedicated to his profession and his cause that it just, I'm, I'm completely in awe of people like that. I think it's really interesting, you know, as journalists, we get to meet people like this. And to your point earlier, kind of put it into layperson terms so that, you know, we hear all this jargony stuff. And I think it's interesting between what they're doing with dust on snow studies. And then also like uh, Shannon Mullane, our water reporter wrote last week about, you know, how they're measuring snowpack now, right? And they're using LIDAR, laser, and and it used to, when they started doing it in 2019, 
everyone's like, oh, you know, that just seems excessive. But boy, the results that they're getting out of it sure do seem interesting. So Tracy, uh, thanks for filling in today and thanks for jumping in and uh, joining me on the podcast today. And if you haven't, listeners, I encourage you to check out Tracy's bonus Mother's Day podcast. She did with uh, author Camille Dungy about her book, Soil, the story of a black mother's garden, a um, kind of a bonus edition we put out yesterday on Mother's Day. I hope you uh, had a great Mother's Day, Tracy, and everybody else out there. Uh, And also, as I like to say every week, if you want to read more about the great Colorado outdoors, I encourage you to sign up for our weekly outsider newsletter, which Tracy so masterfully handled last week. Uh, you can do that and catch up on all these stories at coloradosun.com slash outdoors. Tracy, have a great Monday. Thanks. You too. For more information on all of these stories, visit our website, coloradosun.com. And don't forget to tune in again next time. Now a quick message from our team. I'm Laura Wynott, Director of Membership at the Colorado Sun. I came to work at the Sun because quality, trustworthy journalism is important. As a reader and listener, I find the Sun to be a breath of fresh air. The journalists tell Colorado stories that keep me informed, entertained, and engaged. If you also trust the Sun for your news, join me as a member at coloradosun.com join. Your support helps to bring you and other Coloradans the news you deserve. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you.